My Seven Chakras, episode 73. We build too many walls and not enough bridges. So my work has always been into building bridges. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's going on, action takers? AJ here, and I am grateful. I'm so grateful that we are living in a beautiful age, an age where I can speak into this little microphone right in front of me and reach you. That's right, you, no matter where you are in the world, in California, New York, Dubai, London, Sydney, Mumbai, or Moscow. And no matter what you're doing, you might be on your way to work, at home, or lying on the beach. I could also reach you sometime in the future. Maybe I've released this episode three years back and you've just stumbled upon my seven chakras on iTunes. What I'm trying to say is technology is a beautiful tool. And as a species, we are inventing new, innovative, advanced ways of communication every single day. But there's something to think about. At the end of the day, technology is a beautiful tool. In the right hands, it can positively transform lives and in the wrong hands, it can cause stress, anxiety and overwhelm. What is your opinion? Join the conversation at my7chakras.com slash tribe. That's our Facebook group. Once you become a part of this group, you'll get access to some more inspirational content, opportunities to ask our guests questions and build a network with kindred Spirits. Once again, the link is my seven s e v e n chakras dot com slash t r i b e. And action takers, today I am super excited to bring you our featured guest, Anadea Judith. Anadea, are you ready to inspire? You bet I am. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Anadea Judith is a globally recognized pioneer and authority on teaching and writing about the chakra system. Her classic books include Wheels of Life, Eastern Body, Western Mind, and the award-winning DVD, The Illuminated Chakra. So, Anadea, I've given our listeners a mini intro, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I stumbled upon the rainbow path, which I consider the path that connects heaven and earth about 40, a little over 40 years ago. I hate to tell on myself mm-hmm. with that, but that's when I came on to the path of yoga and meditation and studying metaphysics. And I was also studying to be a therapist and I did healing work for many years. And now for the last 23 years, I've been a global workshop presenter and an author of about seven or eight books. And uh, I'm definitely doing my path. Well, thanks a lot for that wonderful intro. Now, Anadea, before beginning today's episode, we have an auspicious tradition of lighting a lamp. But since this is an interview that's happening digitally, this lamp is lit with the help of an inspirational quote. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And could you share one example of how you apply this quote to your life? Well, I actually have several, but one goes all the way back to Isaac Newton, who said, we build too many walls and not enough bridges. 
So my work has always been into building bridges. And the chakra system can be considered the rainbow bridge. And it's the bridge between heaven and earth, inside and outside, Shiva and Shakti, mind and body. And to me, building bridges is the way back to wholeness. Mm -hmm. I also like Rumi's quote, we don't need to seek for love, but to remove all the barriers that we have put up against love. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that profound quote. We build too many walls, but we don't build enough bridges. And that's so apt for today's day and age. Listeners, think about your life. What are the walls or barriers that you yourself are putting up around you? Think about it and think about how you can bridge that divide or break down that wall so that you can transform yourself. Now, Anadia, let's talk about your book, Wheels of Life, which is probably the most significant and influential book on the chakras ever written. What inspired you to write the book? Well, when I first discovered the word chakras 40 odd years ago, I felt a mm. shot of energy go through my whole body. And I knew in that instant, in those ways, sometimes we just know something that I had found my life's work. I feel very, very fortunate that it came to me that way. Later on, I was in a deep meditation and I had my one and only out-of-body experience that I've ever had. And I floated up above my body and I looked down and there I was sitting in full lotus with a book in my lap. And the book was on the chakra system and it was written by me. And so that kind of confirmed that this was my work. I abruptly changed course in my life and I have been on this path ever since. Mm -hmm. So you heard the term chakras and you felt a shot of energy through your body. And at one point you were in deep meditation, floating or levitating and you had the chakra book in front of you. And that's when you sort of got a sign or an answer from the universe that this is what you were going to do. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. I didn't, my literal body didn't levitate, but I had an experience of, course, yeah. of being above it and looking down. And there I was with that book on my lap and it was written by me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had not written the book yet. Wonderful. So like you mentioned, you've been working with the chakra system for about 40 years now. And then you had that vision. How did you first come across the chakra system then? Moving on. Well, it was actually reading a book by Ram Das called The Only Dance There Is. And I was reading everything I could on metaphysics and spirituality mm -hmm. at the time, still do. And um, that was when I first had that kind of inkling. And I think, you know, we can remember from the future as well as remember from the past, you know. So I think that that was waking up something that, you know, was already going to be my life path. But, um, you know, as I read more about the chakras and the writings at that time were pretty limited, but most of them were that, you know, oh, the lower chakras are bad and evil and you have to shut them mm -hmm. down in order to get to the upper chakras. And I really felt intrinsically, well, wait a minute, that's not right. Why would we have a system of these seven centers only to say some of them are bad and, you know, to be shut down. And so as I researched mm -hmm. it more deeply, I realized that was not so, and that this is a profound formula for wholeness. In other words, if you can address your life on each one of these levels of chakras, you have a recipe, as it were. You have a formula for becoming whole. It incorporates your physical body, your emotional body, your energy body, your prana body, your mental body, your spiritual body. It, in, it incorporates the full spectrum of being human into one comprehensive system. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I think we're living in an interesting age where these days science and spirit are really coming together and people are realizing that for somebody who's new to the chakra system, somebody who's been more in tune with their left brain or maybe an evidence-based approach, what is this chakra system exactly? Well, the way I put it, my definition of a chakra is that it's a center of organization just like your office is a center of organization, but it's a center of organization for the reception of life force energy, for the assimilation of that energy, how we digest it and take it into our Mm -hmm. consciousness, and the transmission. So in other words, people are receiving these words right now. They are assimilating them, saying, hmm, that makes sense. Hmm, I don't know about that. And then maybe later, after they get off the podcast, they'll tell somebody, you know what, I just listened to, and they'll be transmitting. So we Mm -hmm. do that through each of our chakras, and it's life force energy. In yoga, we call it prana. In, you know, Chinese medicine, they call it chi. My word for it is charge, because it's a very common word that we can say, oh, yeah, I can feel a charge in my body. And so the chakras handle that. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So you mentioned that the chakras are centers of organization of life force energy, of reception, assimilation, and transmitting of this particular energy. What happens when something goes wrong? I mean, if something gets blocked or is not able to function properly, one of these centers. Well, if that happens, and it depends on how it gets blocked, but then we might not be able to receive Like some people don't know how to receive love. They don't really know how to take it in. Some people, Mm -hmm. I think we've all known somebody that we just can't tell anything to. They just don't listen. And so they don't receive on the throat chakra. Or someone might receive it, but they don't really assimilate it. You know, it's like you tell them something and they seem to listen, but then it doesn't seem to make any changes. Or you give them love, but they can't really take it all the way in or some people can't express themselves you know some people have trouble taking their power or speaking up or you know imagining a vision for their life so the different chakras really cover different aspects of our lives so we receive assimilate and transmit on these so you might be able to receive and not give out or you might be able to give out but not receive so it can be blocked in different ways mm-hmm And this beautifully transitions into the question that I wanted to ask you. Now, you spoke a little bit about the chakra system and about the energy centers, but what is chakra therapy now? Well, for me, and I have been a therapist for a very long time, uh, although Mm -hmm. mostly I do workshops now, um, chakra therapy is using the chakra model as a way to understand the flow of energy in a person and where that flow gets blocked and what are the belief systems and what are the behaviors and what are the emotions that are all part of that block and how to free up the prana or the charge that flows through the body so that someone has their wholeness again. So chakra therapy might be working on their third chakra, which is oriented to power and where they're blocked and taking their power, where they're afraid or whether they have maybe not enough energy, and chakra therapy helps to restore that. But for me, it's very deep psychological and physical work. It's not just waving my hands over someone's body, but it's looking at the childhood development and the wounds that caused their blockage and finding out what that is and healing it. So it's a very involved process that 
you know, the short version is it's moving the charge through the body from where it's blocked to where it can be freed up. So you said it's sort of like understanding the flow of energy within that person and establishing once again a sense of balance. But you also mentioned that it's not just psychological but also physical and talking about the physical you've recently released the book chakra yoga which has already received a lot of praise and one of the comments on amazon reads brilliant organized simple yet profound judith is a master could you talk a bit about the relationship between yoga and the chakra system oh yeah the relationship between yoga and the chakra system goes way back because this is where the chakra system came from mm -hmm. specifically the tantric period of yoga philosophy which was around 500 to 1200 ad and that's when the books were written now it was probably uh, an oral tradition long before that but in watching people with kundalini awakenings often they go into spontaneous movements with their body that are called kriyas. Mm -hmm. And those movements resemble the yoga postures that we practice today. And so I see yoga as opening and stretching and moving prana into different parts of the body so that when we awaken to the spiritual energies, the body can really handle it. Because if you awaken to the full force of kundalini energy, which is a, a rising up the spine, a kind of awakening of mm. your consciousness, that's, um, it's like plugging into a you know, high-voltage light socket. You know, your body yeah. has to be able to withstand that. And yoga is a good preparation for the kundalini to be able to flow into your body without it being uh, too intense. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a wonderfully put response you said that it's all about opening stretching and moving different parts of the body so that you're actually preparing for that surge of energy once it does come instead of getting electrocuted i love that yes <laughs> and it's not just that we have to wait for the surge of energy because every time sure. we do yoga we actually move the prana the energy around in our body so there at the same time there's also a gradual increase in the capacity sure. to handle energy in a balanced way. Mm -hmm. Now, Anadia, our listeners are also known as action takers. And one of our action takers, Jeannie, asks, Anadia, what kind of attention can we give to the first three chakras to help support really being present in today's world? For the sensitive person, it seems almost easier to withdraw from the physical world and move into spirituality than it is to step into the world and truly live? Well, that's a beautiful question, and I couldn't agree more. I find <laughs> that many people do step into the spiritual world. We call it a spiritual bypass, where they haven't cleaned out the basement, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So getting down into our lower chakras, in many ways, I think, is more of a challenge than getting into our upper chakras. So let's start with the base, which is grounding, connecting to the Mother Earth. We have two legs, and we can think of those two legs like the two prongs of an electrical plug. And when you plug the plug into the wall socket, you have energy that comes through the wire. 
So when we plug our two legs into the earth, and a simple method for this, if you're sitting, is simply uncross your legs and press your two feet down into the floor. That is the Mm -hmm. simplest thing we can do, and that begins to activate the energy. It's like plugging in, and you feel as you press your feet into the floor, you can feel your muscles begin to take on form and hug into the bone. You can feel your spine start to pick up a little. Maybe it was slouching before, but when you press your feet into the floor it's it's difficult to slouch so you're picking your crown up over your base and the whole body becomes more alert now when we're standing we can do the same thing i have people stand with their feet hip width apart and inhale as they bend their knees and then exhale as they push down and a little bit outward into their feet as if they were trying to push two floorboards apart and repeat that action and that will get some of the prana or the charge moving through the legs once you get it through the legs you can start to move it up or anywhere you want in your chakra system well thanks a lot for that response so genie like anadia shared grounding is going to be the key and as you do that uh, automatically your spine becomes more straight you reduce your slouch you become more alert and you are able to in a better you're in a better position to receive the healing from mother earth now anadea the next question is again from an action taker named jill who asks as a person at the beginning of an excitingly new spiritual journey what may aid in the continuation of the journey after exploring reiki continuing meditation and regularly practicing yoga well i think the core of what we need is consciousness and consciousness is you know attention is a facet of consciousness and so we need to pay attention and i encourage all of my students because there's so much spiritual information out there and as they explore to always pay attention to the inside of their body and take everything with a grain of salt and try it out and say how does this feel inside me because i believe that fundamentally inside each person is a matrix of knowing what it is to be whole and it's trying to get there in the same way that a tomato seed knows how to make a tomato when i put the seed in the ground i don't need to tell it how to make a tomato i just need to give it the right conditions so there's something mm-hmm. within each one of us that knows our destiny and is wanting to unfold and you know regardless of what any teacher tells you i think the final test is listening to your own body wow i loved that one line which you said inside each of us inside each person is a matrix that has the wisdom of knowing how to be whole and from my understanding it's like you need to trust in your intuition and learn to listen to yourself and sort of in a way eliminate the mental chatter so that you know without a doubt how to become your whole self exactly yes it's intuition it's listening to your body you know when i teach yoga mm-hmm. rather than teach a particular teacher's technique i say well try this pose with your tailbone back try this pose with your tailbone forward see which one works for you because everybody's body is different and rather than just take my word for it and we're such obedient citizens to a teacher you know <laughs> um i'd rather someone's experience it in their own body and then they will remember and they go oh now i see when the tailbone is back my whole body opens up or when the tailbone is tucked as it might be in a different pose i have more stability and they find out from within their own body 
that is the best teacher. That is the guru within. Wonderful. Now, one of the most profound things I've heard during a yoga class was when the yoga practitioner or the teacher said that we are all moving towards the same location. But the thing is that we are moving from different places. Right. And as you as you pointed out, what might work for somebody might not be the best option for the other. But it's just about testing, experimenting and really trusting yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like a mountain. The top of the mountain yeah. is the same, whether you approach it from the east or the west or the north or the south. You mentioned obedient citizens. And what came to my mind is uh, we're living in an exciting age. On one hand, we have technology, which is reducing distances, shortening time. You and me talking over Skype, that's amazing. We have advances in healthcare that are saving lives, increasing life expectancy. And numerous people like yourself are dedicating their lives to raising the level of human consciousness and really helping people wake up. And on the other hand, you have wars, hate speech, the greed for oil and plundering of forests and jungles and Mother Earth in general. Based on your experience and study, what is the future of the human experience? Ah, I've written a whole book on this called The Global <laughs> Heart Awakens. And here I map the chakra system onto human cultural evolution. And I spend the book really presenting the idea that we are moving from what I call the love of power to the power of love as an organizing principle for humanity, which means we're moving from the third chakra to the fourth chakra. So it's not only personally that we have these chakras, but a whole culture can be organized. And we've been organized around the top-down power over um, kind of dynamic. And now that we have, like technology you've mentioned, we can have peer-to-peer -peer organization. We don't have to have everything yeah. come from a leader. We have Facebook. We have the you know um, YouTube videos. We have all of these ways of receiving information and sharing it with each other. It's becoming another organizing system, more collaborative than competitive. And I think that all that we're seeing in the world is this upheaval. Part of it is the dying off of the old organizing power over system as this new system is getting birthed in its midst. So I think we're going to a glorious awakening. And I think we're also in a rite of passage that is a challenging initiation for humanity to change how we live in order to survive. Mm -hmm. I love that quote, we're moving as a civilization, as a species, from the love of power to the power of love. So action takers, get excited, get ready, and take action. Be prepared for the challenges or barriers that might come in front of you. Is it going to be simple? Maybe not. But is it possible? Of course it is. Anadia, uh, you sort of mentioned this. You spoke about collective consciousness. What is your definition of collective consciousness? Well, the term actually comes from Carl Jung. And what he realized is that there was, a, you know, the collective is, is a whole group of people that mm -hmm. he could, he was dreaming of World War II before it happened because it was in the collective consciousness. So it is consciousness that we all share, common belief systems, common movements that you can see in political systems. And so... Mm -hmm. There is, you know, it, it, it cuts across everything and everyone is part of it to some degree as we awaken to new ideas and they spread through the collective. And now with our technology today, we have the ability to spread those ideas to more people and to spread them faster than we ever have before in the history of humanity. Mm -hmm. And thanks to technology 
and the advances in communication uh, these days. Thanks for sharing that powerful information and wisdom. Now, for our action takers, for our listeners to take action immediately, is there a health tip that you would recommend? Well, one of them, as I mentioned, is listening to yourself. The other is the simple act of breathing. You know, we forget to breathe, and the breath <laughs> is a powerful transformer. The more oxygen you bring in, the more toxins you burn up, the more energy you bring into your body, that breath is nourishment. And another nourishment that we overlook is light. Go outside, stand in the sun. We live too much of our lives indoors under artificial lights. And light is a vitamin that we need as much as we need breath and water. And so go outside every so often and drink in light. Now, John Cheney once exclaimed that the soul would have no rainbow had the eyes no tears. Now, tears are normally associated with failure, difficulty or a challenge. But there are some that go beyond their comfort zones, seek help, take action and convert the tears of helplessness into tears of joy. And I'm sure that you've had your fair share of challenges too. And idea. Take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you approach the issue? And then how did you overcome it? Well, I've had a lifetime challenge. My main challenge has been uh, Lyme disease, which is a disease that comes from a tick bite. And when I first got it, uh, they didn't really know much about it. And so it was undiagnosed for five years. And by that time, I was uh, in such pain, it was hard to walk across a room. Um, so I had to spend many, many years rebuilding my body. Funny thing is, about five years ago, I got bit again. So it's actually a daily challenge. And it keeps me humble. It keeps me uh, on my practices because if I don't do my practices, which is yoga and meditation and eating right and getting exercise, then I really, really feel it. So it's, it's become a teacher for me as much as it's been a bit of a handicap. But it's taught me compassion and it's been, it's been a major challenge in my life. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson that our listeners can take away from your story? Well, I would say do not let obstacles stop you from achieving your dreams. The obstacles are teachers. Uh, Rumi has a poem that I can't quite quote, but it's about playing chess with God. And it says, if God was trying to teach you how to play chess, where would he or she put the pieces? Would they put them where it's really easy or would they put them where there's obstacles so you learn the game? So in a sense, the divine puts obstacles in front of us, not to punish us, but to teach us, to help us evolve by learning the game, by overcoming the obstacles. We develop resources we didn't know we had. So see your obstacles as teachers and don't let them stop you. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. You mentioned that you had Lyme disease, the people did not know about it, and it was undiagnosed. And because of that, you had to spend many years regaining your strength, but you didn't give up. You did yoga and you did the other practices that helped you gain control. And you used the obstacle to teach you and move forward. And that is so inspiring. With that, we move to the next round, which is about finding your direction. During this round, our guests share stories about finding that job that business or that practice that enables 
them to serve or maybe even leave a legacy during this round anadia just imagine yourself sitting in front of a large bonfire and sharing your story with your fellow tribe members and before diving in i'd like to share a quote that will help us get into the space john mcnulty once said there is a fire inside sit down beside it watch the flames the ancient flickering dance of yourself so anadia have you found your life's calling and if yes what is your life's calling well i have absolutely found my life's calling and that is to bring the chakra system back to life and share it with the world as a map and the shortest way i would say that for creating heaven on earth that i think that is what we are here to do to create heaven on earth and as i have a saying in the beginning of my global heart awakens book evolution is the god's way of making more gods so as we evolve we become more intelligent more capable more creative more complex we are evolving into a divine consciousness and we have to evolve the consciousness to go with it obviously but my life's calling is to teach people the map for creating heaven on earth mhm so looking back now was there ever a moment in time when you knew without a doubt that this is what you were meant to do take us back to that moment well certainly when i was sitting in meditation and i saw the book in my lap written by me uh, i had an application all filled out to go to art school in new york city and at that uh-huh. point i threw it in the trash and i abruptly changed my direction but then you know as i began teaching you know the universe will respond to your efforts and so it's you know we partly create our path and we partly accept it you know it's our dharma and uh so in 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 the universe has called me along this path i mean i've tried to do some other things and it doesn't let me it calls me right back so um you know my commitment has been really now to just stay on this path that the goddess has given me a path of service a path of teaching and a very beautiful path it is sometimes i call myself the bus driver on the rainbow bridge and my karma in this lifetime was to have that route between heaven and earth so when i start a workshop people get on my bus and i say hello and we go on a journey together and when the workshop is over i open the doors and contents shifts during flight <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful now so for somebody who is going to make a change is planning to make a change i can see a little bit dilemma uh, sometimes the person wants to wait for that right moment that perfect time or that perfect opportunity prepare 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 and then take action so What is your advice for that person who is sort of wondering if I move right now will I make a mistake or will I fail and if I prepare and wait will it be a better situation Well I think that there are no perfect moments and it's sort of like deciding when to have a child no matter how much you wait and get everything True. in ready once you're there with a the child you go <laughs> oh my goodness I was not as prepared as I thought I was and yeah. I think that you know it, the path is long and we just take a step and we take a step and no step is you know preconcludes that we can't you know turn left or right at any point that the path mm-hmm. seems to take us in another direction so I don't think there is a perfect time I I'd say get started and the path itself will teach you. So there you go action takers get started and the path itself will teach you. And Anadea this brings us to the final round of today's episode the wisdom round. Now this round is structured just like a rapid fire round. 
So action takers, if it's convenient, take out a pen and paper because as they say, when you write things down, it gets registered in your subconscious. So Anadea, are you ready? I am. What is the best advice that you've ever received? The best advice I ever received was from an art teacher who said there are no good artists, there are no bad artists. There are just those who really do it. And by that he meant if you're drawing a hand, you don't just, you know, go up and down for five fingers. You actually draw the fingernail and the wrinkles and the, you know, the shape of the hand and you study the bone structure. I apply that to everything. There are no good yogis or bad yogis. There are just those who really do it. There are no good writers or bad writers, but you sit down and you really do it and you edit and you work it. So, you know, if you want to be good at something, you have to be willing to really do it. Name a personal habit that contributes to your well-being. Meditation. If I had to name one, meditation is my my backbone. I practice yoga as well, but meditation is a balm to the soul. It's healing. It's a way that the divine can connect to you. It's a way you can download the divine. Anadea, what is your morning ritual like? Well, I actually get up and have a morning ritual with my partner. We have tea on our sofa. We look out at the sunrise because mm-hmm. we have a eastern windows over the wetlands. And we talk about our day and we share a little fruit and tea and sometimes look at, you know, news on my iPad, and then I go and meditate. And some mornings I do yoga, some mornings I exercise, some mornings I just get to we- to work mm-hmm. and at my desk, and then, um, you know, do my yoga and my exercise later. Uh, when I'm out teaching, however, I wake up, I meditate, I do yoga, and then I go teach. And I'm very firm about my practices when I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. And also, I, lo- I know that you love reading books, but if you had to name just one, just one book that has made a significant impact on your life, what would it be? Well, I, I love Carl Jung and any of his books and Teilhard de Chardin, um, any of his books, you know, that's about how we are evolving. So, um, you know, the Carl Jung's books on the collective unconscious, on dreams, any of that is really deep inspiring. Um, and of course, I would recommend my books. Mm-hmm. People find them life changing. Absolutely. So, action takers, to access the show notes, go to www.mysevenchakras.com slash 73. That's in digits. My7chakras.com slash 73. And make sure you share this episode on social media with your friends and family. The link that you'll need is my7chakras.com slash 73. And Adia, it was such an honor having you on our show today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you. I am grateful to be alive at this amazing time on the planet when we're going through such awakening and such changes. When we have this kind of technology, we have people like yourself doing the work you're doing of, you know, transmitting consciousness out to the world. I am just grateful for this amazing time. Mm -hmm. And how can we find you? Well, my main website is sacredcenters.com, C-E-N-T-E-R-S.com. The chakras are the sacred centers. And um, I also have the globalheartawakens.com and creatingonpurpose.net. But my main website with all my books and workshops is sacredcenters.com. So there you go, action takers. If you loved the content that was discussed today, go to Sacred 
centers.com you are listening to my seven chakras and as you know anadia is the authority is the person who's written so much about not just the seven energy centers but also about the chakra system and how it can be used to map the human consciousness the collective consciousness so there's a lot to learn there are books to read there are courses to go through and also live events to attend don't wait for it take action and go to secretcenters.com of course the link is going to be available in the show notes so anadia thank you so much for coming on our show sharing your precious wisdom and taking us one step closer to a human revolution it was deeply my pleasure aj wonderful show you were listening to my seven chakras Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.